Welcome to It Just Makes Sense, a podcast by two easily distracted, higher educated, former lovers that explores all of the unpopular opinions, conspiracy theories, and cult leaders that make you want to scream, It, it Just Makes, makes sense. sense. I'm Sam Smith. And I'm Jeff Seifert. And this week, we're on the story of Ed Gein, also known as the Plainfield Ghoul or the Butcher of Plainfields. I love Wisconsin. Now, this this case or like story came was suggested to me by one of our longtime listeners, a big time fan. First time caller? First time caller, Mama Penapent. Oh. So thank you so much for the suggestion. She's Shout from out. Wisconsin. So really? like her dad would tell her about Ed Gein all the time and she would have nightmares when she was little. No shit. Yeah. Do you know who he is? Never heard of him. Ever seen the a little movie called Psycho? No. Ever, you've never seen the movie Psycho by Alfred Hitchcock? No. Are you freaking kidding me? No. Where, like, the guy's obsessed with his mom and dresses as her, and then she kills the girl in the shower. It's where it came from. Still no. I can't even fucking believe it. I watched a couple seasons of the show, but I never saw the movie. Oh, the Bates Motel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no. That show can literally suck my dick. That movie was so good. You say suck my dick like it's a bad thing. I mean. That's offensive to your co-host and your (laughs) listeners. Also... Did you ever see the movie Silence of the Lambs? I did. This guy was like the muse, I guess you could say. <laughs> Model? Right? Yeah, something, whatever. His story like let caused them to create the movie Psycho and Silence of the Lambs. Who? Like he, Ed Gein. No, I know, no, no. Oh. But who in Silence of the Lambs? The main guy. Dr. Lecter or yeah. Wild Bill? Oh, Wild Bill. Oh, okay. 100%. I don't know there's a difference. I've never seen that. <laughs> okay, you're yelling at me for never seeing Psycho. Silence of the Lambs is iconic. So is Psycho! Yeah, but that movie's from the fucking, like, 60s. Okay, so? Who wants to watch that old-ass movie? I do. Did you ever see the movie The Bad Seed? No. Oh, my God. Well, maybe. I really think that you should watch Silence of the Lambs. You no, would like that. I don't. I don't like scary movies. So why did you watch Psycho? I don't like slasher movies or things with, like, a lot of... Yeah, there isn't that Violence. much. There isn't that much. Growth. I like like Psycho, or I liked um, Paranormal Activity, The Craft. Paranormal Activity was so fucking dumb. I loved it. It was so dumb. I like Sixth Sense. I like movies like Ooh, that. Sixth Sense. Yeah, was, I guys. don't like slasher films. Well, it's not really a slasher film. What Sounds of the Lambs? Yeah. Oh, Edward Theodore Gein was. Born August 27th, 1906 in Plainfield, Wisconsin. Oh, it's almost his birthday. When this oh. comes out, it'll be his birthday. How wild. He was a pretty, he had a pretty heinous childhood. His father was an alcoholic and his mother was ver- verbally abusive toward him. But Ed still worshipped his mom. He completely idolized her. So much so that his older brother, Henry, would confront Ed's mom about this in front of Edward. Like creepy? Yeah. Kind of like you need, like, something's going on with your son. Yeah. Which didn't necessarily sit right with Ed. I mean, you're kind of like that with your mom. Absolutely not. (laughs) You're slightly obsessed. I'm obsessed with my mom. However, I will say, I know some people who call their mom, like, 14 times a day. I maybe call my mom once a week. Yeah. I can't. Mm. I don't have time. (laughs) Busy. (laughs) Busy. Busy eating Cheetos and watching TV. (laughs) 
Edward's mom, Augusta, hated her husband, an alcoholic who was unable to keep a job. He had worked at various times as a carpenter, a tanner, and an insurance salesman. A tanner? Like a total tan? <laughs> Kidding. I know it says to work with... <laughs> Why be pale and pasty? Why be tan and tasty? <laughs> George owned a, lo- a local grocery shop for a few years but sold the business and the family left the city to live in isolation in a 155-acre farm in the town of Plainfield, Wisconsin, which became the Gaines family permanent residence. Augusta took advantage of the farm's isolation by turning away outsiders who could have influenced their sons. Gein left the farm only to attend school. Wow, that sucks. Right? With an... How do you say that word? F... Effeminate, 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 effeminate demeanor. The younger Gein became a target for bullies. Poor guy. Classmates and teachers recalled off-putting mannerisms, such as seemingly random laughter, as if he were laughing at his own personal jokes. <laughs> like that would be so creepy. Yeah, what? Like if there's just a guy sitting in the back of the class just laughing at himself. Yeah. To make matters worse, his mother scolded him whenever he did try to make friends. Despite his poor social development, he did fairly well in school, particularly in reading. Hmm. Outside of school, Gein spent most of his time doing chores on the farm. Augusta was feverently religious and nominally Lutheran. She preached her boys about the innate immor- immorality of the world, the evils of drinking, and her belief that all women, apart from herself, were naturally promiscuous she and ain't instruments wrong. of the devil. She ain't wrong. She ain't wrong. Naturally <laughs> promiscuous girl. <Shut> <laughs> She reserved time every afternoon to read to them from the Bible, usually selecting verses from the Old Testament and Book of Revelation concerning death, murder, and divine retribution. Definitely sounds like my upbringing. Ugh, mine was like the opposite. <laughs> I like loved going to youth groups, but my parents like could care less. I'm kidding. My mom never <laughs> read the Bible to us. I mean, my mom was my religion teacher. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And for like CCD. Gein tried to make his mother happy, but she was rarely pleased with her boys. She often abused them, believing that they were destined to become failures like their father. During their teens and throughout their early adulthood, the boys remained detached from people outside of their farmstead, and so they only had each other for company. Now, in 1944, Henry died in a mysterious circumstances. She killed him. During a fire near the family's farm in Plainfield. Did she? Yes, or did he do it? Henry and Ed were burning away marsh vegetation on the property. The fire got out of control, drawing the attention of the local fire department. By the end of the day, the fire having been extinguished and the firefighters gone, Ed reported his brother missing. Gein led them directly to his missing brother, who lay dead on the ground. The police had concerns about the circumstances under which the body was discovered. The ground on which Henry Gein lay was untouched by fire, and he had bruises on his head. Despite oh. this, the police dismissed the possibility of foul play, and the county coroner listed it as asphyxiation as the cause of death. Wait, he had bruises on his head, and they immediately dismissed foul play? Mm-hmm. Well, that seems a little foolish, if you right? ask me, even for 1944. Although some investigators suspected that Ed Gein killed his brother, no charges were filed against him. That's wild. That is wild, isn't it? I guess, like, back then, if they don't really pay attention to forensics, like, they, I mean, yeah. not that they didn't pay attention, but right. if they it was just different. Much, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes I feel like when the police have 
an obvious answer. They're just like, hmm, close case. Yeah. You know. Well, they do that fucking now. Yeah. They have a, a they right. think they have an obvious suspect and they yeah. hone in on them. So Gein and his mother were now alone. Augusta had a paralyzing stroke shortly after Henry's death, and Gein devoted himself to taking care of her. In 1945, Gein later recounted that he and his mother visited a man man named Smith, who lived nearby to purchase straw. According to Gein, Augusta witnessed Smith beating a dog. (gasps) The woman inside the Smith home came outside and yelled at him to stop, but Smith beat the dog to death. Augusta was extremely upset by the scene. However, what bothered her did not appear to be the brutality toward the dog, but rather the presence of the woman. Uh. Augusta told Ed that the woman was not married to Smith, so she had no business being there. Now, what would you do in that situation? Like, say, for example, you came home and Cameron was beating Abe to death, but there was another woman here. A scantily clad... (laughs) Strump it, if you will. I would kill him. One, for killing my dog. Two, for being a man whore. All right. And then I'd probably say to her, I'll give you half the money for that. Let's run away. <laughs> Keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. And we'll get exactly. some insurance money. We'll get some whore. insurance money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just checking. Smith's harlot, Augusta angrily called her. She had a second stroke soon after that, and her death deteriorated rapidly. She died on December 29th, 1945, at the age of 67. That's my aunt's birthday. Huh. Weird. Weird. Ed was devastated by her death. In the words of author Harold Schechter, he had lost his only friend and one true love. He was absolutely alone in the world. Sick. It's so weird. It's like, what's his face from the Foxcatcher? His only friend was the butler or whatever. Yeah. Or it's kind of like the guy from the movie Psycho. Ever seen it? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) You crack yourself up. I do. He held on to the property and the farm by completing odd jobs around the area. He also created shrines within his mother's room and any other rooms that that were used by his mother. Define shrine. Such as the parlor and the living room. Like how? I think he just like kept them completely intact. Untouched. Yeah, yeah. like untouched. Because the rest of the house was like disgusting and in squalor. But the other rooms he kept like pristine. Interesting. So while living in seclusion on his farm, Gein became interested in death cult magazines and Nazi cannibal adventure stories. Oh, kind of like you. I don't know. Like what is a Nazi cannibal adventure story? Stories People where, wrote stuff like that? Yeah, That's I'm so sure there's weird. shit out there now. Really? Sure. Ugh. However, as decrepit as, as he had become, he mostly kept to himself. Then in Nove- November of 1957, a local hardware store owner disappeared. Dun, dun, dun. Bernie Warden had last been seen, or Bernice Warden, not Bernie, sorry. Bernice Warden had last been seen the previous night and had been reported missing after her hardware store remained closed all day. Bernice, Bernice, Bernice. Her son, Frank, who happened to be the deputy sheriff, entered the store and discovered the cash register open and blood stains on the floor. While interviewing Frank, investigators found out that Gein had been in the store the previous night and had told Warden he'd be back in the morning for a gallon of antifreeze. They had been prepared to find Bernice Warden's body on the farm. However, nothing could prepare the police for what was inside. Okay, tell me. 
While searching the house, authorities found what would later inspire horror movies such as Silence of the Lambs, Psycho, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ed Gein's home was filled with human body parts. Sick. There were countless bones, both whole and fragmented, skulls impaled on his bedposts, and bowels and kitchen utens- or bowls and kitchen utensils made from skulls. Worse than the bones, however, were the household items made from human skin. Authorities found chairs upholstered in human skin, a wastebasket made of skin, leggings made of human leg skin, masks made from the faces, a belt made of nipples, a pair of lips being used as a window shade drawstring, a corset made of a female torso, and a lampshade made from a human face. I think the belt made of nipples sounds like a cool fashion <laughs> idea. Like you like, could do a like fake nipples, not not real nipples, right. obviously, but I'm like, huh. Ew. But the rest of it, that's fucking sick. No. Along with the skin items, police found four noses, human, whole human bones and fragments, nine masks of human skin, bold maze from human skulls, ten female heads with the top side off, sawed off, human skin covering several chair seats, and Mary Hogan's head in a paper bag. Who was Mary Hogan? We're going to get to that. Oh, okay. And then Bernice Warden's head in a burlap sack, nine vulvas <laughs> in a shoebox. <laughs> Organs in the refrigerator, um, like we had said before, a pair of lips on a drawstring for a window shade. Um, Bernice Warden's body was found as well and decapitated. Her head had been hung in a burlap sack and her heart was hanging in a plastic bag near the stove. Jesus. Her body had been strung up upside down and gutted like a deer. Um. So police also found the remains of another woman, Mary Hogan, equally as dismembered. Yeah, that's a big um, symbol in... The uh, Hannibal TV show that's made after Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. They always have deer. Like, it's always deer. Like, this guy has, like, these weird flashbacks. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I wonder if that's where it came from. One time, when I was in the seventh grade, I had a boyfriend for about a week. It was my first and only boyfriend until college. And um, I drove by his house. Because, like, in middle school, what do you really do? You don't, like, go on dates. You would, like, hold hands while roller skating. Right. And I drove by his house. And he had a gutted deer in his lawn. And then I broke up with him because I couldn't take it. Why? Did he kill it? Yeah, maybe. Probably with his family. <laughs> but like out in his front lawn, like no big deal, MBD. They do that all the time. They hang the deer from the tree so that the blood comes out. And just like a suburban neighborhood yeah, where they, children can at, see it? Well, they do it at their house. If they yeah, got but their own. Do it in a hunting lodge. <laughs> if they got Not their on own like 123 Cherry Street, the front yard. <laughs> Could you imagine if your niece or nephew saw a gutted deer on their way to school? I think they'd be fine. Ugh. My nephew would probably think it was cool. I was deeply disturbed. Huh. So when questioned, Ed Gein folded immediately. He told police they had made at least 40 different visits to three local graveyards to exhume the bodies. Really? He claimed he had done so oh, wait, in a so daze-like state. He said that he didn't kill them. He just dug up their body? So, well, let's dive into it. Okay. He said on 30 of those visits, he had come out of the days while in the cemetery. He left the graves in order and returned home empty-handed. On the other occasions, he dug up the graves of recently buried middle-aged women he thought resembled his mother and took the bodies home, where he tanned their skins to make his paraphernalia. Sick. So, Gein admitted to stealing from nine graves from local cemeteries and led investigators through their locations. 
Alan Wilmofsky of the State Crime Laboratory participated in opening three test graves identified by Gein. The baskets were inside wooden boxes, the top boards ran crossways, not lengthwise, and the top of the boxes were about two feet below the surface in sandy soil. He had robbed the graves soon after the funerals while the graves were not completed. The test graves were exhumed because authorities were uncertain as to whether the that whether Gein was capable of single-handedly digging up the grave during a single evening. They were found as Gein described. Two of the exhumed graves were found empty, one casket was empty, and one casket Gein had failed to open when he lost his um, crowbar, and the most of the body was gone from the third grave. Yet Gein had returned rings and some body parts. Thus, his confession was largely corroborated. So, a 16-year-old youth who was friends with Gein and who attended ball games and movies with him, which I thought is weird because they said he mostly kept to himself. Yeah, they but said like, he had no who friends. Who is this 16-year-old youth? Yeah, where did he come from? Whose parents were friends with Gein. Maybe when he did, like, odd jobs or something. Oh. Uh. So, he reported that Gein had kept, in sh- sh- had kept shrunken heads in his house. But, uh, but Gein had described them as relics from the Philippines. Wait, kept shrunken heads? Like, in his house. That's weird. But you can get, like... Order it online? Or, like, well, fake shrunken have... heads and, like, from tribal things. Like, they have this them in, like, New Orleans and stuff. 40s, like, fake ones. though. Oh, yeah, that's true. But he said <laughs> they were sent by a cousin who served on the, in the Philippines Islands during World War II. Oh. However, upon investigation, they were determined to be human facial skins. Sick. Carefully peeled from the corpses used by Gein as masks. In addition to his methods, Gein also revealed his motives. What was it? He told authorities that soon after his mother's deaths, he had begun to create a woman suit so he could literally become his mother and crawl into her skin. It's like that one, what's that one case on Zorn Scale where they, where the guy sexually violated his mother's decapitated Oh, yeah. (laughs) So there were parts of countless bodies found in his home, but Gein was arraigned in only one count of murder, Bernice Warden's. During questioning, Washashara, Washara County? Yeah, I don't know how to say that one. I can't correct you there. Art Schley reported assaulting Gein by banging his head and face into a brick wall. As a result, Gein's initial confession was ruled inadmissible. I'm not surprised. Duh, that's coercion. Ugh. Schley died of heart failure at age 43 in 1968 before Gein's trial. So many who knew Schley said he was traumatized by the horror of Gein's crimes, and this, along with the fear of having to testify, especially after assaulting Gein, caused his death. I mean, really? That's a little dramatic. Okay, like, what was his diet like? Was he a smoker? Yeah. <laughs> One of his friends said he was the victim of Ed Gein as surely as if he had butchered him. Oh, that's stop so it. dramatic. Like, you're gonna, I guess, if you had seen all that stuff, though. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could cause a heart attack, but that's so funny. On November 21st, 1957, Gein was arraigned on one count of first-degree murder in Washara County Court, where he pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. Gein was diagnosed with schizophrenia and was found mentally incompetent, thus unfit for trial. He was sent to the Central State Hospital for the Criminally Insane, now the Dodge Correctional Institution. Is it still open? Uh, Yes. And the maximum security facility in Wapen, Wisconsin, later transferred to the Mendota State Hospital in Madison, Wisconsin. I wonder if we could go. Right? In 1968, doctors determined Gein was mentally able to confer with counsel and participate in his defense. 
So his trial began November 7th, 1968. And it lasted one week. A psychiatrist testified that Gina told them that he did not know whether the killing of Bernice Warden was intentional or accidental. Gina told them that while he examined a gun in Warden's store, the gun went off, killing her. Well, why was it loaded? And why was he exam? Well, I guess if he wanted a gun. That's so weird. That is weird. Gunn testified that after trying to load a bullet into the rifle, it discharged. Oh. Why was he loading a bullet into it, though? Yeah, why would he load a bullet in the store? That's what I mean. He said he had not aimed the rifle at Warden and did not remember anything else that happened that morning. At the request of the defense, Gein's trial was held without a jury, with Judge Robert H. Golmar presiding. He was found guilty by Golmar on November 14th. A second trial dealt with Gein's sanity, and after testimony by doctors for the prosecution and defense, Golmar ruled Gein not guilty by reason of insanity and ordered him committed to the Central State Hospital for the Criminally Insane. He spent the rest of his life in a mental hospital. Judge Golmar wrote, due to prohibitive cost, Gein was tried for only one murder, that of Mrs. Warden. He also admitted to killing Mary Hogan. Oh, he did? Mm-hmm. Oh. But, like, due to prohibitive cost. So, because it cost so much, they weren't going to try him for another murder? Well, I mean. That's weird. I'm, shit costs a lot of money. I guess. So, Gein um, died at Men- Mendota Mental Health Institute due to respiratory failure, secondary to lung cancer, on July 26, 1984, at the age of 77. Over the years, souvenir seekers shipped pieces from his gravestone at the Plainfield Cemetery until the stone itself was stolen in 2000. Ooh. It was recovered in 2001 near Seattle, Washington, and placed in storage at the Washara County Sheriff's Department. That's wild that it made it that far. Yeah, right? The gravesite itself is now unmarked but not unknown. Gein is interred between his parents and brother in the cemetery. Gein's house, a 195-acre property, was appraised at $4,700, equivalent to 42000 in 2020. That's it? For 195 acres? Is that a lot? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> his possessions were scheduled to be auctioned on March 30th, 1958, amongst rumors that the house and the land it stood on might become a tourist attraction. Mm, Early, I definitely would want to go if I was out there. Really? Yeah, I'd want to see it. Early on the morning of March 20th, the house was destroyed by fire. A deputy fire marshal reported that garbage fire had been set 75 feet from the house by a cleaning crew who were given the task of disposing the refuse. The hot coals were recovered from the spot of the bonfire, but the fire did not spread along the ground from that location to the house. Arson was suspected... But the cause of fire was never officially determined. It is possible that the fire was not considered a matter of urgency by Fire Chief Frank Warden, son of Bernice Warden. He, how weird? He why would he? Uh, of course, he wouldn't find it. Urgent. No, he's like, right? fuck that shit, burn it down, da- burn yeah. it down. When Gein learned of the incident while in detention, he just shrugged and said, "Just as well." Oh well. Gein's 1949 Ford sedan, which he used to haul the bodies of his <sighs> victims, was sold at public auction for sixty-eight hundred dollars. To a Carnival sideshow operator, Bunny Gibbons. And Gibbons charged Carnival goers 25 cents in admission to see it. I definitely would love to buy a serial killer's car. I think that'd be so cool. That'd be so fucking weird. Would you ever buy a house if you knew a murder had occurred in it? Depends on the deal. 
Yeah, honestly. So I just read a book. It wasn't like a true story or anything. It was like a thriller. And that was like one of the premises of it was that a murder had occurred in the house. And the husband didn't disclose it to the wife because he really wanted to live in the house. And, and then when she found out, she like, freaked the fuck out. Huh. Would you freak the fuck out? I think it would depend how long ago it had occurred and like the circumstances around it. I don't think I would care at all. Like I don't think it would, it would bother if, me. I think if it was like a murder-suicide, I'd be like, eh, whatever. But if it was like, oh, a guy came in and raped and murdered this woman and they never caught oh, him. Oh, yeah, okay. And it happened a year and a half ago? Absolutely not. Okay, all right. You so in I mean? that case, yeah. Like, yeah. Or if it's like, oh, it was part of a like serial it, murder, but it happened 75 years ago. Like, who well, cares? I don't give a shit. Yeah. Someone probably died in this house. It's so old. Oh, for you sure. Somebody I mean? died here, yeah. Or like, they died of natural causes in their sleep. Okay, I'm moving in tomorrow. <laughs> you know? Move them out. I'm moving in. Give me a deal. I'll keep the furniture. All Uh, included? (laughs) Sight on scene? (laughs) Okay, I have a question for you. Okay, hit me with it. And so I heard about this. I heard about this probably like a year ago. And then I just, my, one of these new shows that I watched was talking about it today. So in China, they have a social point system. What does that mean? So that you know how like so every citizen in China gets a barcode and they're all tracked. I want like, that. Everything that they do is tracked, yes. blah blah blah. So you get a certain amount of social points based on the actions you take in a day. Like if you work out, if you eat well, if you go to if I don't think it's church because they're communists. If you do like different, like different things. Yeah. If you if if you're caught jaywalking, you lose points. If you break the law, you lose uh, points. I want to move to China so bad. And like if you like, do you think that that's fucked up? No. Because if you ha- are in good social standing, then you get things like lower interest rates oh. and better jobs and things like that. I think that's crazy. You do? Yeah, because I would have oh. no social points based on purely on the fact that I sleep around and watch a lot of porn. Oh, do you get points off if you watch porn? Yeah. And I speed a lot. Do you get points off? Yes. But, like, can I make up for it by working out yes. more? <laughs> you can work. I think maybe I would, maybe we would I break feel even. Like, I mean, I don't hate it. Really? I don't hate it. I feel like everyone else in the free world would hate it. And I'm kind of like, eh, doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> <laughs> maybe because you don't do, do you not, maybe because you don't. Maybe it wouldn't just, be so bad because you don't really don't do care. anything. I don't do yeah. anything. So I feel like whatever. Uh, if you, people think that the government doesn't track everything we fucking do oh, now, I know. they're no, insane. I know. Th- so I'm like, whatever. That wasn't the thing that I was worried about. But like pe- like getting Point. jobs and things like that. Oh, having, yeah, that's like, a, a little wild. And then I guess like, my more so like, oh, can I use these points to like get free stuff? Like you work out a lot. Get free workout clothes. Not a bad idea. They're not necessarily and then they, sometimes and I and on the same show that I was watching they shame people okay by showing yes. showing the videos <laughs> on the local news so I was like wow <laughs> yours would just be a video like a revolving door. door okay knock it off I'm not that slutty <laughs> mine's just like my refrigerator door at 2am with peanut Open. butter <laughs> <laughs> oh I have to have you try the peanut butter I bought the $45 peanut butter Okay, I hope you like sounds it. good and I think I have one more question but I don't remember it now we'll save it for the next podcast Okay, you guys have to listen in next week why it is 
a wild buffalo cake. Oh, yeah. Recommended to us by another big fan. Lynette Williams. Long time listener. First time caller. First time caller. Guys, send us in recommendations because these past two have been phenomenal. This one is wild. I never even heard of it. Me either. And it's, it's. The more I looked into it, Jeff, it's ten times wilder than your deepest imagination. Really? It's like I know crazy. a little bit about nope. it. Nope. You think you do? You don't know. Guys, listen so, in next week. Relax with this one. <laughs> Get your shit back together because we laid it on heavy last week. Yeah. And then join us for Dr. Anthony Pignatari. Oh. All right. You can follow us at It Just Makes Sense Podcast on Instagram. You can join our Facebook discussion group, It Just Makes Sense Podcast discussion group. You can follow me at WWSamOnTheBuff on Instagram. And now... You can follow the pod on TikTok at <gasps> It Just Makes Sense Pod. Y'all, we are TikToking. TikTok it up. We're trying. So follow us. Like follow us. me <laughs> at Jeff Seif on Twitter, 1F and Jeff. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.